What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0 presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine accident attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine accident attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one. Of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies, you don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in, they handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond... 
Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. 
Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslo Show 2.0. It is a Friday, the 10th of February. Good to have you aboard. We are a Blue Wire podcast. It is a Friday before the Super Bowl. We got a lot going on here today. We got a lot to get to. Glad to have you aboard as we wrap up another week of Zaslo Show 2.0. That means I got my Johnny Cuba hat on. That means that right when we get done with the show today, I get to Johnny Cuba. I got a six-pack waiting for me downstairs. I'm going to take it right out back on the patio. We're going to crack that baby open. We're going to have a great start to the weekend. Look at that. That's a great-looking camo hat right there. Johnny Cuba, my guy Juan, sets me up with the gear. We got the hot sauce coming out soon. I've already got some. I mean, look, I get get advanced copy of the hot sauce. Oh, my God. And I love hot sauce. I'll put hot sauce on everything, all right? I'll tell you more about that once it becomes available. But right there, Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. Beautiful looking hat. Of course, everything Zaslo Show 2.0 is presented by our title sponsors from day number one. And that, of course, is Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Everybody knows that. If you got into an accident, if you're dealing with a personal injury, Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Honestly, none of this is possible without my guys there. Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. Those are my guys there. They've supported me right from the beginning. So I'm super grateful. And that means I got to pass it along to you guys, all right? I trust them. And if you're dealing with a personal injury because of an accident, let them get you the money you deserve. 800-747-3733. All right, so we got to get to Super Bowl stuff, which we're going to. I don't know. Does the Super Bowl have a ton of... does the Super Bowl have a ton of juice to it? I don't I don't know. I mean, look, we'll get there and like it'll be exciting and everything, but man, the NBA has dominated this week. I kind of feel like the Super Bowl's a little bit of an afterthought. I mean, you know, t- tonight, I don't think I have a ton go. Well, we got the Heat game tonight, so I'm dialed in on that. Heat and Rockets, you know, we got to do post trade deadline nothingness reaction as far as that goes, but we got the Heat tonight, you got the Panthers tomorrow. Uh, my son's got soccer tomorrow afternoon. That's very big. Weston Select, U14 boys. What? So we got that going on tomorrow. And then, you know, then you got the then you got the Super Bowl on on Saturday evening. So it's kind of I kind of feel like the Super Bowl is the dessert for this weekend. We got we got a we got a big meal planned over the next couple days. And then you got the dessert. Pretty good dessert. Super Bowl's good dessert. So then you got dessert with the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. I don't know. I'm not sure the Super Bowl's got a ton of juice to it right now. Matter of fact, I got to be honest with you. Just this morning, and you know I love her. She's so fine. Just this morning, I realized, whoa, 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 stop the clock. Is Rihanna doing the Super Bowl halftime? And the answer, of course, is yes, Rihanna. She is so fine. I love her. I'm very into the Super Bowl halftime show. Last year was when you had, uh, it was Snoop and Dre and Eminem, and and Fiddy, right? Now, and, and Mary J, amazing halftime show. Good way to find all the racists there. The people who thought the halftime show sucked last year. Great halftime show. 
and you got Rihanna this year. Everybody loves busting on the halftime show. How is it not going to be good? It's Rihanna. Oh, she's so beautiful. I can't wait for this halftime show. I'm very dialed into this halftime show. So once we get to the Super Bowl, I think I'll be into it. But right now, I don't know. I'm not feeling a ton of juice. And it doesn't have anything to do with us as but you're not at Radio Row. Who cares? I haven't been to Radio Row in, I mean, how many years are we talking? Uh, when, when Kobe passed away. So three years. And before that, I hadn't been to Radio Row in like eight years. So that has nothing to do with anything. Speaking of Radio Row, we're going to talk to Odyssey's Trista Crick. She's going to join us. She's killing it. Okay, I see her everywhere on social media. We're going to go over some bets for the Super Bowl this weekend. She's got the NBA podcast she does. Uh, I think it's called uh, Heat Check with Trista Crick. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into some NBA with her. I'm a big fan. Matter of fact, it's funny because right right before I was let go from, from Terrestrial Radio, I was starting a weekly spot with Trista. We did one spot, and then like the next day I was let go. So we'll, we'll get Trista on Zaslow Show 2.0. I'm excited to talk to her. I'm a fan. So Trista Crick, Odyssey Sports Betting, she will join us coming up. Hey, you know, I got It's Still Real to Me. That's my wrestling podcast every Saturday. Sometimes we throw in some bonus episodes. Every Saturday, it's still real to me right here. Zaslow Show 2.0, Blue Wire Podcast Network. So we'll cover all the big stories in pro wrestling this week tomorrow on It's Still Real to Me. My co-host is my pal, Joey Levin. Joey's going to join us on the show today. Not only, forget the pro wrestling part, he's, he's our go-to MMA UFC guy. There's a huge card tomorrow, UFC 284. We'll talk a little bit about that with Joey. And most importantly, UFC 287 was announced this past weekend. It's coming here to Miami. Miami Dade Arena, April 8th, UFC 287. Uh, The prices are going to be outrageous. So I want to talk about 287 and what we got on tap for that. It's less than two minutes away. Two months away, excuse me. So my pal Joey Levin, he will join us coming up later on in the show as well. It's a Friday, so you know that means we got big game or not a big game. You're saying, Zazzle, I got to know what's going on this weekend. But we got some fun stuff to start with. We're going to get to the Heat. I know you guys want to hear my thoughts on the Heat doing absolutely nothing. Yesterday was a shit day. What, what other way is there to put it? We'll circle back to that in a second. But we got to essentially lead the show today with great news. Yesterday, like, yesterday was a shit day because the Heat and the trade deadline. But it actually turned out to be a really good sports day. I, was, I went to bed yesterday really pleased sports-wise. Because, first of all, one of two things. First of all, Zach Thomas. Yes! Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame. Zach Thomas, after having been a finalist a couple times, he'd been on the ballot and was not a finalist a handful of times. And now, he is going to be inducted as part of the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame. I, I'm so happy for him. You go into my into my closet right there. Now, you can't go into my closet because you're not in the Zaslow Mansion fa- master bedroom right now. This is where all the magic happens. But if you were in the Zaslow Mansion master bedroom, you can go right there into my closet. And I got a Zach Thomas Dolphins jersey, all right? I've had it since I was a kid. Zach Thomas, one of my all-time favorite players. I have three all-time favorite players. Everybody, you know, and Marino's not one of them. Now, I, I love Marino, but I always felt, I always felt like eh, Marino's everybody's favorite. He's not going to be my favorite. I love him, but he's not my favorite. 
I have three all-time favorite Miami Dolphins. Sorry, I had to take a sip of my coffee here. And, and, and you'll notice none of them are like this current generation, if you will. Because, you know, I'm a grown-up now, and I don't really have favorite players anymore. But my three all-time favorite players. Brian Cox, OJ McDuffie, Zach Thomas. My three favorite players. So, one of my all-time favorite players, Zach Thomas, is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm so happy for him. It's so deserved. I never thought it was going to happen. Now, there has been a momentum the last couple of years. But I started bringing up the Zach Thomas stuff. I don't know. I don't want to say I was the first one who started screaming and shouting about Zach Thomas not being in the Hall of Fame years ago. But I'll just tell you what I will say is I was the first one to scream and shout about Zach Thomas not being in the Hall of Fame several years ago. I, I, I got to do it. I'm so thrilled that he's in. So it was years ago, right? Where Brian Urlacher, get, and, and maybe I started to kind of get into it when Jason Taylor went into the Hall of Fame. Now, granted, Jason Taylor is a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. Although I'm not necessarily sure I thought Jason Taylor was a lock to be first ballot, but he got in first ballot. Obviously deserved. So I think at that point, I was like, all right, well, Zach Thomas, like maybe we should be talking about Zach Thomas getting in. And then what really set me off. And you know this. What really set me off was Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher was not a better player than Zach Thomas. Brian Urlacher played on a better team than Zach Thomas. Brian Urlacher played on a team that made a Super Bowl appearance when Zach Thomas's teams always fizzled out in the postseason. Brian Urlacher gets in first ballot. And Zach Thomas can't sniff. The Hall of Fame, you crazy? That made me nuts. So I really got on the, we got to get this train going. You put their numbers side by side. I mean, Zach Thomas, a five-time All-Pro first team. I don't want to hear about Pro Bowl. I don't have the Pro Bowl numbers in front of me. Pro Bowl's bullshit. They did flag football last weekend. Pro Bowl's bullshit. All-Pro is what you got to look at when you're talking about accolades, when you're talking about awards. All-Pro. Zach Thomas was five-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. When you put their numbers next to each other, Zach Thomas's numbers are either the equivalent or better than Urlacher. And here's the thing, and it's not a small thing. I, I got to be fair. The one thing that Urlacher has on Zach Thomas, he was a defensive MVP. And that's not a small thing. But we're talking about the totality of a career, right? Right? The one thing Urlacher had is NFL defensive MVP. Zach Thomas does not have that. And he's not going to have that when he plays on you know, the team with Jason Taylor. J- Jason Taylor won MVP one year. But otherwise, you put together the numbers, you put them side by side, Zach Thomas's numbers are the equivalent and better than Urlacher. And Urlacher's first ballot, that made me nuts. I'm so happy for Zach Thomas. It's so deserved. He's going to give a great speech the Dolphins will represent in Canton coming up in August. Maybe they'll be in the preseason Hall of Fame game. Like some of the other big names, you got Darrell Revis there. I guess, uh, you know, what will the contingent be for Revis? It'll be Jets, right? It won't be Patriots, it'll be Jets. Uh, Joe Thomas, Cleveland Browns gets in. I- I'm just, who cares about those guys? It's about Zach Thomas, man. 
I'm so and, and they Dolphins Dolphins will be well represented in Canton in August. It, it's so great. I'm so happy for him. And so the way they used to do it with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you've seen these videos before now, he's not like the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Dave Baker. You know who Dave Baker is, right? He's that giant of a man. He looks like Andre the Giant. But he's not He's not running the Pro Football Hall of Fame anymore. But when he was, you remember it was a thing where, I guess the finalists were wherever the Super Bowl was, and they would, they would, get a, they would literally get a knock on the door. And you got the camera crew with Dave Baker. And if you heard that knock, not only are you a finalist, because that's why you're there, but you're getting in. And you would get the knock, and then the player opens the door, and it's Andre, the, I mean Dave Baker. Dave Baker's there, and, and the player's there with his family, and, and he's so excited. It's such a cool moment. So I guess they don't do that anymore. Because last night when they announced it, you know, I'm watching the Panthers game on the big TV, and on the small TV, I got the Pro Football uh, Honors, you know, show, whatever it was called, on Peacock. And all the guys who are being announced as in the Hall of Fame, they're all there. They all know they got in. So we're not seeing the moment that they learned that they're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, we may eventually get some of that footage because the way they do it apparently now, it's not a knock on the hotel room door. Someone in the Pro Football Hall of Fame apparently shows up at your home with the camera crew. I'm sure they do interviews and all that stuff, which will air when they do the Hall of Fame induction. But that's how you find out now. And that's pretty cool too. So the way that it worked out for Zach Thomas, I was reading this morning, Armando Salguero wrote about it, who has been pitching Zach, Armando Salguero is one of the guys, and he's been pitching Zach Thomas for a while. You finally did your job, Armando. Come on. So Armando wrote about it this morning, and it was Jimmy Johnson. So Zach's family sent him out like to run errands a couple Thursdays ago, and Zach gets home. He walks up the steps in his house and standing up top there, in the gold jacket is Jimmy Johnson. I mean, that's the guy. Like, either you would say Jason Taylor or Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's the guy. He drafted him. Like, it, Jimmy Johnson's waiting up there, and Zach saw him, and he's crying, and, oh, man, I, I, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it, you know? And so, and so you saw last night, Jimmy, of course, announced him. Zach gives him the big hug. But that, of course, obviously was not when Zach found out. I mean, he's there to be announced in the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. So I'm sure we'll get some of that footage. I'm so happy for him. I am. I, I don't know what else to say. One of my favorite players. And it's taken such a long time. But you know what? This is one of those deals where I bet if you ask Zach Thomas, which would you have rather be a first ballot Hall of Famer or have to wait and now you're in? I guarantee you this way was better. I guarantee it. The longer it takes, and he he doesn't seem like the type. He he never sounded bitter after not getting in. So it's not like he got angry and then eventually gets in. He never sounded bitter. I'll bet if you can ask him which would have been better, first ballot Hall of Fame, or the way that it went down, you had to wait a little bit, and how special does this feel now? I'll bet he takes this version. Really cool. Really, really, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad for him. Anyway, so that's, that's one of the good news. 
That's one of the good news from yesterday. The other good news, then we're going to get to the bad news, which, of course, is the Miami Heat. The other good news is, yo, are the Florida Panthers putting it together? The Panthers last night, a good win against San Jose. They beat San Jose last night 4-1. to one. This is the first three-game win streak of the season, which is totally pathetic, but it also means, hey, are they finally putting it together? You got the win right before the All-Star break, a great come-from-behind win against Boston. Then three nights ago, they kicked the shit out of the Lightning. I freaking hate them. Vasilevsky, get the hell out of my city. And then last night, I guess come from behind me, they were down one nothing after the first period, and they wind up beating the San Jose Sharks 4-1. to let, let me give you a little bit of what took place. So the Panthers go down late in the first period. They go down one nothing. Then in the second, they get the game-tying goal from Sam Reinhart, and then they take the lead late in the second. After it, Ekblad knocked it out of the air and clears. Reinhardt trying to get there. Carlson lost it to Lundell. Sent in front, close to Reed, and deflected score! Sam Reinhardt, second of the night. And the first lead of the night for the Panthers. Oh, that's a just textbook play with the Panthers. Less than a minute left here in the second period. You want to make sure you clear the zone. The Panthers were able to chip that puck, and they catch Eric Carlson flat-footed in how this play developed, and then a centering pass. Look at Loistering, and he's fallen down, slips it out in front of the net. That's a set play. Reinhardt knew exactly what he wanted to do with the centering pass. Just get it off the heel of his stick, and it went right through between the legs. Hell yeah. So Sam Reinhardt, his second goal of the game, second goal in the period, his 19th goal. Of the season. Remember the slow start that Reinhardt got off to? Like the first dozen games he went without scoring. He's got up to 19 goals now this year. Really good job out of Sam Reinhardt. That gives the Panthers a 2-1 lead. And then you got a, a, a look, Bobrovsky's making big save after big save. This was a very good game. And so late in the third period, it's about, it's about four and a half minutes left in the game. The Panthers take a penalty, a double minor. So pretty much the rest of the game now, the Panthers are going to be on the kill. And you know with around two minutes left, Sharks are probably going to also pull the goalie and make it a six on four. And how about Eric Stahl with the shorthanded empty net goal? Stahl brothers. Making the plays and now Los Dorian. together as a four-man penalty killing unit six on four and the Panthers were able to just bobble up the the Sharks right at the offensive blue line the outlet pass and the empty net goal turnover Moister in and just feeds it up the stall that is the 450th goal of Eric Stahl's career and the last two months, he has been huge for the Panthers. So he's another one who wasn't doing anything the first part of the season. I don't. I mean, it took him, I don't remember how many games to get his first goal of the season. And it was like, okay, Reinhardt, you know, is eventually going to get going. But Eric Stahl is kind of like, he might, be, he might be done. He might be washed. Like, I think he was a two-way guy when they first signed him. They signed his brother, Mark. And I think Eric Stahl was a two-way guy. So anyway, he then also gets... Another empty net 
shorthanded goal. So it's kind of deceiving where they were both empty net goals, but he scored two shorties yesterday, two shorthanded goals there for Eric Stahl. Like I said, kind of Fugazi shorthanded goal because it was also with the empty net, six on four. But Eric Stahl with, a, Stahl with a pair of goals, he has 10 now on the year. Sam Reinhardt with a pair of goals, he has 19. Panthers win 4-1. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, 450 career wins. He's three back. He's one of only 25 goalies to win 450 games, and he's three away from tying the record for a Russian goaltender, which is former Sharks goalie Evgeny Nabokov. So he's going to get that this year also. And the Panthers win their third in a row for the first time this year. Are they finally getting it going? Because... All right, it's one thing to beat the Sharks, and the Sharks have struggled a bit this year. I mean, you know, they're, the, the Sharks are not one of the better teams in the league. They're, they're actually not good. But the wins against Boston and Tampa, it doesn't get much better than wins against those teams. So are the Panthers finally starting to put it together? I, I feel really good right now about the Panthers. Now they're back up. Next up is tomorrow night against Colorado. Now the Avalanche, while they're the defending Stanley Cup champion, they're not quite the team that they were last year. It's been a little bit struggle city for the Avalanche. They've come along of late, but they're third. They're third in the Central Division. All right, they have. They're playing much better lately. Another big test for the Panthers tomorrow, and here's where they stand. Okay, Panthers have 58 points. They're 26, 22, and six. 58 points. They are one back of Pittsburgh for the second wild card spot. One point back and two points back of Washington for the first wildcard spot. But here's the thing. It's a little bit fugazi because you got to look at the games played. The Panthers are one back of Pittsburgh, but the Penguins have four games in hand. So they could potentially be nine back of Pittsburgh. Now, does that mean Pittsburgh's going to win all four of those games in him? No, but you understand what I'm saying. So that number's a little bit fugazi. They're actually a lot closer to number one Washington because the Panthers are two back of Washington and the Capitals only have one game in hand. So the Panthers are, are in striking distance of both those teams. Again, tomorrow night, Panthers, Panthers, and Avalanche. Now, now we got to get to the bullshit, all right? Now we got to get to the shit from yesterday. And I know the Heat fan is all kinds of mad because the only thing that's going to wind up coming out of this trade deadline is the Heat are going to convert Orlando Robinson to a standard NBA contract, and it's going to be greeted with a collective yawn by the Heat fan. All right, so the Heat do absolutely nothing yesterday. We're going to get to more of this with Trista Crick, Odyssey Sports. We'll do some of the betting with her, but also we'll do a lot of NBA with Trista. So the Heat do nothing at the deadline. Yesterday's deadline sucked. And you know why it sucked? Because like, an, like, a, like a dope, I'm sitting around refreshing Twitter for like two, three hours waiting for something, anything, and nothing happened. Now you had a lot of moves out there. All kinds of moves. All kinds of names were moved. The one that stood out to me the most, you know, as, as far as contenders go, Jay Crowder, and this news broke late in the show yesterday, late in Zazzle Show 2.0 yesterday. I actually was able to include it in Big Deal or not a big deal. Jay Crowder goes to Milwaukee as part of the whole, you know, Phoenix Kevin Durant deal. So Jay Crowder goes to Milwaukee. There you go. Otherwise, uh, like I saw, Boston brought, I think Boston brought back Daniel Tice, they love bringing back big men that they had before. Um, Brooklyn, we know, made Brooklyn didn't make any additional moves. 
They got a bunch of wings, and they won last night. They beat the Bulls. Bulls are bad. Bulls are not good. Bulls didn't make any moves either. And the Hawks, the Hawks made some moves out there as well. Uh, the Raptors didn't do anything. The big move to me, though, was the Warriors traded James Wiseman. The Warriors sent James Wiseman, I think it was a three-way deal, with Atlanta, right? Atlanta got Sadiq Bey in this deal. Detroit got James Wiseman, who is a major bust. They traded five second-round picks to Golden State for James Wiseman. Major bust, James Wiseman. Major missed opportunity for Golden State. They had the number two overall pick because you had the year with Thompson and Curry Hurts. You get those guys back, and you have the number two overall pick. And a few years later, he played a total of 60 games for you, and you trade him for five second-round picks. Number two overall pick or five second-round picks? That's a major, major strikeout for the Warriors. And essentially what they did was, they then used those five picks to send to Portland to bring back Gary Payton. So they really traded James Wiseman for Gary Payton. All right, and look, that's that's a good move. It's a good move for Golden State. But it's a major strikeout for them. You know what it reminds me of? James Wiseman reminds me of Darko Milicic. It's a very similar scenario. Major bust at number two overall, both players. And the Warriors only got that number two overall pick because of the injuries the year before. And you're adding a player at number two overall to an established championship contending team. Darko Milicic in the 2003 draft... Remember, LeBron went one, Milicic two, Carmelo three, Bosch four, Wade five. Love Dwayne Wade. Milicic went number two overall to Detroit. Detroit had the number two overall pick, not because they were bad the year before. It was through a trade. I forget who the trade was with, but it was from a trade. So an already championship contending team They ended up winning the championship in 2004, but they were making some conference finals appearances. Milicic's rookie year, they won the championship, the Pistons. Milicic was added to an already established championship contending team, never worked out. Never got the time, just never developed. Wiseman, Milicic, very similar scenario to me. Major bust. So that was the one that really stood out to me the most because, you know, obviously the night before, you had the Durant trade. Phoenix, obviously, uh, I mean, I think I think they're the championship favorite now. I do. And Durant's better when he's not a leader. He's not a leader. Durant's better when he just joins a team that's already established. We saw he fails as a leader. And you had the Laker deal. And the Lakers did a couple more moves yesterday, too. I really like what the Lakers, you know, they traded away Pat Beverly. They brought in some size with Mo Bamba. The Lakers really reshaped things. So... And then LeBron sat out. Yeah, you can't expect him to play two games in a row. Then he sat out last night. So, you know, Lakers are now five games under 500. Five games under 500. Shouldn't LeBron be out there playing and trying to win these games? Just sat out last night. I don't get it, man. I, I mean, I've, you know, been harping on this all year long. What am I supposed to say? So, the Heat do absolutely nothing. And, look, I was hopeful, but... It didn't feel like they were going to do anything because the only way, and I'm explaining this to my son yesterday, it's like, oh, Pat Riley doesn't do anything. He's on that train. Pat Riley sucks. My Pat Riley's washed. My son's on that train. The only way for the Heat to do anything significant, to add anyone significant, 
you're going to have to send out a lot of money. You're not going to get back a player who's worth anything if he doesn't make any money. And that means you got to set, you got to get a team to take one or two players. Duncan Robinson, who no one seems to want and is hurt. And Kyle Lowry, who no one seems to want and is hurt. No one wants Lowry. No one wants him. He's a total bum at this point. And I don't know, I don't know if his knee is really hurt. Watch, he'll probably be back in the lineup tonight. Trade deadline pass, he's good to go. He sat out just to make sure teams don't try and trade for him. I thought Jimmy kind of gave the go-ahead after last game that he's okay. I played that sound for you yesterday that he's okay if the team winds up moving on from him. He's still my boy, but, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Whatever happens, happens. We got no control of that. I thought that was Jimmy kind of giving the go-ahead. I think the Heat desperately tried to move Kyle Lowry, and you just can't convince a team to take a player uh, of that caliber who also has another year under contract at $29 million. Now, in the summer, will the Heat be able to move Lowry? Probably. Probably. It becomes an expiring contract at that point. Maybe you got to attach a first-round pick to it. I don't know. But whatever it takes to get rid of Kyle Lowry over the summer, you're going to have to do. That contract, moving Lowry becomes a lot more attractive to other teams when it's the last year of the deal. You know, look, look at Russell Westbrook being moved. Speaking of which, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's wife had to come out on social media yesterday and explain to everyone that Westbrook is not a vampire. She had to actually explain. She had, like she thinks that people think that he's a, he's a vampire. She had to explain he's not a vampire. And of course, the reference being he sucks the life out of you. And then she chastised the media. And she chastised ESPN. Hey, you get a clue the way things work here. Someone in the Lakers organization, maybe a teammate, maybe LeBron. Someone in the Lakers organization called Westbrook a vampire. The media didn't call him a vampire. Some, and and if, if a Laker teammate or someone in the organization calls one of their players a vampire who sucks the life out of you, the media needs to report that. I mean, get a clue. But, but, but Westbrook's wife had to go on social media and, and let everybody know that, that he's not actually a vampire? Ah, it's so stupid. I'm sorry. It's so stupid. But back to the Heat. You know, I, I do feel bad for Duncan Robinson. That's why you feel bad for Duncan Robinson. Like, fans are mad at Duncan Robinson with really no reason to be mad at Duncan Robinson. You got to be mad at the Heat front office then, which I'm not mad at the Heat front office over Duncan Robinson. I'm mad at the Heat front office over Kyle Lowry. I'm not mad at the Heat front office over Duncan Robinson. Kyle Lowry is an all-time awful trade, and he's a terrible player. Duncan Robinson, if they would have just let Duncan... First of all, Duncan has done anything wrong. If you're Duncan Robinson and they're offering you $90 million, you got to take it. Like, Duncan didn't do anything wrong. And the Heat fan is definitely so mad at Duncan Robinson. So I kind of feel bad for Duncan Robinson. But here's the part that the fan doesn't always understand. Because, look, there's a lot of minutia when it comes to salary cap and that kind of deal. If the Heat did not sign Duncan Robinson, they weren't going to be able to use that money on someone else. They had Robinson's bird rights so they could either keep him and add to their add to their cap number and they were already over the cap you want to stay under the tax they could either keep him or they could let him walk for nothing but it wasn't let him walk and then add somebody else they were already over the cap so rather than let him walk for nothing you have to create that salary slot and now they have a 20 million dollar 
salaries up, $18 million salary slot from Robinson. Why is that important? Because you could use that in trade now. If they let, now, no one's trading for it right now, but eventually someone's going to trade for it. And if you let him walk, the only big trade, uh, uh, the only big salary block you have to trade of players that you want to trade is Lowry. Now they also have Robinson, who they could put in a deal to try and get a big-time player. If you just let him walk, you don't have that salary slot. Now they have that salary slot. It didn't take up cap space. They were already over the cap. And eventually they're going to be able to use that, hopefully to get a good player in return. Maybe on a team that's bad, maybe you got to attach a first-round pick to it, I don't know. But you re-signed him for two reasons. One, you thought he was going to continue to get better. He is not. Two, worst-case scenario, you're using the salary slot in trade later on. You had to re-sign him. It was actually a no-brainer. Anyway. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Heat are going to be scouring that buyout market. You know teams like Phoenix, they're going to be at the front of the line. The best teams in the league are always the ones who are going to be the big uh, uh, attractive places when it comes to the buyout market. Are the Heat going to be an attractive place? Hey, John Wall's about to be released. Westbrook could be released. There there was one other point guard I'm thinking of, uh, or that, that I was thinking of, I can't remember. There are a few point guards out there who, hey, you want, to, you want to play somebody else over Kyle Lowry? I don't think the Heat are going to do something that drastic. I put out the Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question yesterday about Westbrook. A lot of fans were in on bringing in Westbrook just to shake things up. But the Heat are going to be all over that buyout market. Does that mean they're going to bring someone in? Does that mean someone's going to agree to come to a team that's in sixth place, maybe fifth place? Instead of going to a team like Phoenix, who's right at the top, a team like Denver, who's right at the top, a team like Milwaukee? I don't know. I mean, the Heat may strike out there also. But yesterday was a super frustrating and disappointing day. Just checking and checking Twitter and, and nothing coming of it, man. Just can't get anything done. The Heat got an F yesterday. Now you need two to tango. You need another team to agree to make this trade. That I, like, I preach that to you. It can't just be turn off the computer assistance on NBA 2K and Riley can make whatever moves. But the fact of the matter is, the Heat, they needed to make a move. They ha- they forget the Deadman. Or forget about that. They haven't made a single move to improve the team since the end of last year. That's frustrating. I understand the Heat fan being pissed off about that. And if the Heat are trying to make moves yesterday, which they were, 
and they didn't come up with anything. It came up empty. Yeah, you get an F. The Heat had an F in the offseason for not being able to get anything done, and they get an F at the trade deadline. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to do some damage in the playoffs. I do believe they're going to be able to do some damage in the playoffs. I mean, this Heat team, with the way Bam's playing, Jimmy's an all-time playoff performer. You think you think Philly? You think Philly wants to see the Heat in the first round of the playoffs? Like the Heat can totally win a playoff series. They're going to be a massive. You know, we talked about it yesterday with SiriusXM NBA Radio's Brian Geltziler. Go back and listen to that if you want. The Heat are going to be a major pain in the ass, even without doing. That's why it's, it's not like all hopes lost. Still got a team that's good, They're not great. You got a team that's good, who is very much trending in the right direction, like they always do in the second half of the season. So, there's still going to be a massive pain in the ass for someone in the playoffs. But, after getting an F in the offseason, they get an F at the trade deadline yesterday. There's no other way to put it. Alright, so we have Trista Crick here with us. Odyssey Sports, weeknights at 7pm. You got the uh, the heat check with Trista Crick. This is technically her, her second time on Zaslow show because she was on with me very, very shortly before uh, I, I left terrestrial radio. And I want to say, I, I want to tell you here, Trista, you were so nice because you were in such a weird spot where you would join me like very, you know, one of my last days on 560 WQAM down here. And then I was let go. And you were probably in this weird spot where do I reach out to him and and, you know, say sorry. He seemed like a nice guy, but, like, I don't really know him. Like, what do I what do I do in this spot? And and you were so nice. Like, you reached out and, and you know, you were sorry, you know, that I'm not on the radio anymore. You were looking forward to do weekly hits with me. But here we are. So I just wanted to tell you I was appreciative of that because that was probably a little bit awkward on your for you. But you uh, – I, I thought it was really nice of you. Yeah, and I thought you were – I was really excited to come on your show. A lot of people that I respect love you. Um, and so I was just like, so are we not doing the show anymore? <laughs> is, this, is this done? And nobody really communicated that to me. So I had to figure it out on my own. And uh, I'm like, I think we're supposed to meet in like 15 minutes. But then I've I've seen this awful tweet from, from Zaslow. So I um, also just like the business is wild. So I, I, I always... Uh, I always like to show some level of support for the people who I feel like are, you know, in the foxhole. Well, I, I have no hard feelings with anyone. And you did, uh, you did, you, you, it was very nice of you. And I remember that. So I wanted to let you know. Now you're out there in Arizona. Uh, you've been there Radio Row the last few days. Uh, I haven't been to Radio Row in a few years. I mean, three years ago, it was here in South Florida. What, uh, are, are we having a good time out there? Is it a wild scene? What's Radio Row looking like this year? Yeah, they have it at the Phoenix Convention Center, uh, which is also connected to the Footprint Center, the place that the Suns play. It feels very similar. You know, it obviously I didn't go. That was my last radio row, too, was the Miami one. Um, It feels like, you know, the world did not. If you would have taken Miami and then gone straight uh, to Phoenix and you wouldn't really be any of the wiser. I think the one thing. That's um that's very very surprising or interesting is how many betting uh sets are up right you've got yeah. like the fan set where Kay Adams and Pat McAfee are uh that those those sets are huge those are about as big you remember I'm sure the the CBS Sports Radio sets yep 
those are all the biggest ones or one of the biggest ones. You know, FanDuel sets like bigger than that. Um, and the Caesar set is really nice too. I went on Katie Mox's show yesterday and that's an Omaha Caesars sort of combo. And there's just a lot of that all in the corners. So sports betting, I think, makes it interesting. But yeah, I mean, it was a zoo. You know, Stephen A., which I thought was funny. Stephen A. was doing Radio Row. He wasn't doing that three years ago, obviously. He's become a much bigger star than he already was. But his his entourage was bigger than any one of the professional athletes that I saw on Radio Row. So he weird. had like 15 guys. That's so weird. That's so weird. It's so weird how that like the the media, the media stars now are are as big as the athletes now, Trista. Yeah, it's crazy. Emmanuel Acho had a, mm-hmm. a crew with him. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, obviously Pat McAfee has his own sort of crew. People want to talk to him on Radio Row. Funny story though, the reason that I ended up going to Barstool uh, was because I interviewed Pat McAfee at the Atlanta Super Bowl. And Dave Portnoy saw that interview. So, oh. yeah, Pat, Pat he's such a big draw that you can actually get a job by interviewing him on Radio <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, all right, so you're, you're, you're having – how's the nightlife out there? I mean, uh, you know, are we having a good time in the evenings? You know, restaurants, that kind of deal? Is it fun out there in the evenings? Yeah, Phoenix is interesting. It's a big, big city, right? The Phoenix metro area. We happen to be close to where our set is. So our set is kind of near where Joy Taylor and the Fox people are, which is right outside the stadium in Glendale. And then that's about 45 minutes to an hour from Phoenix downtown where Footprint and Radio Row is, which is where all the media hotels are, which is another 30, 40 minutes from Old Town, Scottsdale, where people want to party. And then, of course, you've got the, the waste management open, which people are yeah. trying to juggle. I'm going to try to go to that one. I'm going to try to go to that tournament today. Um, but it's really hard to, with all of that travel time, to find uh, things to, to do where, you, where you're close by, right? So we haven't had a ton of great dinners. I think this tonight I'll probably have a good dinner. We're supposed to be going to a bed MGM party with marshmallow and hopefully there's some food there. I haven't had a good steak. Daz. I haven't had any good tacos. Thankfully the bed MGM book has good food, but that's pretty much been it. Hotel food and bed MGM sports book food, which is just a real shame. What's our, what's our steak of choice. If tonight you're going to the good steakhouse, what are we ordering? Oh, it's gotta be a ribeye. It's okay. everybody does the filet. I think filet is the most overrated piece of meat on the planet. <laughs> I think it's just people wanting steak and they don't want to seem, I can say ass, right? They don't want to seem like yep. a fat ass. So they get the <laughs> least tasty, more like it's just like biting into a bicep. You know? <laughs> well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's so tough. They have the least amount of flavor, and I'm always disappointed. So I like to get what has, you know, a, a, a good amount of charring and marbling and bone-in ribeye. Okay. Yeah, I'll go that. All right. Uh, Trista, we'll get to some – We'll get. To, I, I want to get some of your plays for the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in a second. But I want to do a little bit of NBA here. Of course, the heat check with Trista Crick. I know you're a big Warriors fan, so I want to start with this. How have you experienced the last few years of Durant? And were you, were you kind of quietly hoping they were going to trade back for him? 
Well, you know, I'm like, I actually hate the Warriors. So my joke, my my joke is that I'm a lifelong Dubs fan because everything that I root for fails. So I've now become a Warriors fan so that they can fail. It's going well. It's going really, really well, actually, so far. I uh, Ever since last year, I, I uh, it was a pretty tepid take. You know, we have some versions of, like, pretty normal takes to very hot takes. And I said that the Warriors fans were insane to think that they would go 9-1 and one to start the year last year without Klay Thompson. And 9-1, and one, they did go. And they proceeded to be a wagon. They proceeded to win the whole thing against a very good Boston Celtics team. So I said, you know what? They're my dubs. We're dubs fans now. <laughs> and ever since they've been losing games, Steph Curry's been injured twice. It's going really well. So are you actually a Kings fan then? Like, where is our fandom? The true fandom, no, like, no jokes, no bits. I grew up in Portland. So... I am a, a live like live for the Portland Trailblazer fan. Okay. I grew up with Clyde Drexler. I grew up, you know, Terry Porter, you know, Cliff Robinson, all that. So okay. I, I I hate everything that's happening in Portland, which you know again is a par for the course for me as a fan. I never get nice things. So I root for the Kings because it kind of feels like they're Portland fans too. Small market hasn't done a lot. Has even had less success. And I was just one of the first uh, national media members who said, this Kings team's going to be really good. Like, I don't think people realize how good they're going to be. I actually took the Kings to win the division at 45-1. to 1. I think they're plus 175 now. I'm going to try to cash out now that the Suns have Durant. Yeah. Made some moves, too. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where my real allegiance is. But I, I consistently say our dubs. Because I know that Warriors fans get so mad. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Now I'm in on the joke. There you go. Uh, <laughs> give, give me some thoughts on, uh, you know, everything that went down in Brooklyn. My God, for, for me, the last couple of years, just such an easy team to dislike. Uh, you, you know, Kyrie Irving, for me, uh, I, I can't handle it. And then you add in the Jewish stuff. It makes me nuts. Uh, give me some thoughts on the way everything played out there in Brooklyn. Man, it's just such a crazy whirlwind, right? Because two years ago, they had Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. And you're saying to yourself, how does anyone beat this team? How does anyone stop them offensively? And you had Kevin Durant as one of the best wing defenders in the league, too. And they both wanted to go there. I, I wasn't a huge fan originally of the Harden trade just because I felt like they gave up so much to get the deal done. So many picks. Jared Allen, I was always a big fan of ever since they drafted him out of Texas. And you have to move guys like Karis LeVert ended up having to go. So I didn't love the Harden move. But I, what I would say is it was largely a disaster and a big what-if scenario, right? If if Kyrie doesn't sprain his ankle against the Bucks, if Kevin Durant's foot wasn't on the line, you know, that's sports. But the what-ifs are even more, I guess, prevalent when you consider how much of a wagon they could have been. And then, you know, the world, we had a, a, a pandemic that we've never seen before, which put Kyrie Irving in a spot where he, for whatever reason, felt like he had to stand on that hill, which never will happen again in history. All of those dominoes fall in such a unique way that it, it just never really had a chance of succeeding in my mind. Uh, and Joe Tsai and Sean Marks did 
what they could do to try to salvage it. They tried to put a brave face on in the offseason and say, no, we're not going to trade KD. We're going to call his bluff. We're going to see what happens with Kyrie. And Kyrie, I think from the offseason on, unless he was going to get the $200 million contract, which they were never going to give him, was always going to want out, right? He feels, like you said, disrespected by them, that they won't pay him the money that he thinks that he deserves on the basketball court. Unfortunately, this is not just a game that falls between the lines. This is a business, and Kyrie Irving is a business liability. Well, he behaved for two months, you know, after the suspension. I mean, if you behave for two months, you should get $200 million, right? That's, I mean, that's exactly what he thought. And it was a very savvy move to play as well as he did for two months and then figure out a way to increase his trade value for a desperate team. If you think about it in terms of strategy, I'm not sure that it was strategy, but him and his stepmom, who operates as his agent, they found a way to to get out when his market was, was higher than it was in the offseason. So kudos to him. And I'm really I'm actually, from a basketball perspective, really excited to see Luca and Kyrie and how they perform on the court together. I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix is going to be amazing, right? Like, I was I was talking about yeah. on the show earlier today where, you know, I was reacting to Barkley. Barkley, of course, based out there in Arizona, still loves the Suns. And he's all, you know, they, they got to they gotta pick up some guys, buyout market. You, you got to solidify that bench because it's not just going to be Aiton and Durant and Booker and Chris Paul. And I'm like... I got to tell you, Tristo, like, I, I don't remember the last time a team won the NBA championship and we're sitting here saying, man, you know, this, th- their bench was so good. If Phoenix wins a title, we're going to be sitting here saying Durant, Aiton, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. That's how they won the championship. No doubt. No doubt. And the thing that's interesting to me about this is like Matt Ishbia, who's the new who's the new owner of the Phoenix Suns. He he owned the team a day, one day. He was he was announced on Wednesday and the deal got done at 1.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Thursday. That is the fastest ownership. Put your nuts on the table moment that I've ever seen. If that's any indication that what he's going to do in the future, Phoenix should, by all intents and purposes, be a marquee free agent destination. I think it's one of the most underrated cities, especially in the West, uh, that there is amazing food like great cost of living uh like pretty easy life in terms of mobility and housing and the roads are smooth which i always say like it's just a really nice place to live uh beautiful palm trees everywhere close to vegas close to la so the fact that robert sarver has not made this a free agent's destination sort of was a a disappointment uh so yeah i think this team's gonna be really freaking good which is why they went from plus 1800 to plus 425 uh to win it all overnight you know you're obviously out there in arizona super bowl radio row but i I like how this week trista the nba is giving the nfl like a big fuck you you know where the nfl is the king and we should be talking about the super bowl the entire week the nba between LeBron getting the record, the trade deadline, Kyrie traded early in the week, Durant late in the week. The NBA has dominated this week in the sports headlines. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think it all started the beef. There's beef, right? You can yeah. kind of say categorically that there's beef between the shield and the logo because yeah. the NFL keeps encroaching. To me, as an NBA fan first, the NFL feels like they are encroaching mm-hmm. on NBA territory. They want, they are, they are conquistadors, the NFL. They are, they are just generally putting their, their flag down 
in places that it doesn't it, it doesn't belong, like Christmas. Yep. The NFL does not belong on Christmas. That is an NBA day, and they do not care. They are pushing it to 18 weeks, which pushes the, the Super Bowl out another week, which makes it very difficult for people to cover the All-Star game and the Super Bowl. You're all up in the NBA's ass right now. And so their response to that is to just move the trade deadline right in the middle of Super Bowl week when you should be talking about, you know, Donna Kelsey's cookies. And instead, we're talking about Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns. Give me uh, give me some, before we get to the Super Bowl here and we'll get your plays, give me some thoughts on the Heat. Uh, are you, do you like watching the Heat on NBA League Pass? Uh, are you a fan of what Bam is doing right now? He's really taking that next step. I love watching him every night. He, he really started to look like Kevin Garnett to me out there. Give me some thoughts on the Heat. I'm a huge Bam Adebayo fan. I think he's been underutilized and maybe throughout his career, he's just trying to find how his like aggressive mode. I think sometimes he could be a little bit too passive. Some games he's just not there. Other games he's very dominant. So I like the fact that he's much more consistent this year. I don't know about you, Zaz. Like, you're in the area, so maybe you get to go to games and see things that I don't see. But it's just a tough watch right now. It really is. It's just the Heat should be better. They should be a better team. They were the number one seed in the East last year. Jimmy Butler I love. And it just doesn't feel like the guys who they have gotten that are connectors or glue guys are performing the way that they have in past years. Obviously, Duncan Robinson's fallen off of a cliff. Like Tyler Hero, I love, but they've had some injuries, so you can maybe say that that's what it is. The Dwayne Dedman stuff was weird. It feels to me, I want to actually get your thoughts on this. Yeah. It feels to me like, I think Spolster's a really good coach, but it feels to me like there's friction sometimes with him and his players, kind of like Nick Nurse in Toronto. Well, the way that they'll describe it to you uh, is they love that stuff. You know, they they love fighting with each other. It's part of them and how serious they take basketball. They they are a no-nonsense type of hardworking group. You know, you had the thing with Butler last year, and they come back and tell you, hey, listen, if you were to look into our practices, this stuff happens all the time. You just happen to see it because it took place during a game this year. And then the Heat actually went on a run after the Butler Spolster Haslam stuff last right. year. Uh, the Deadman thing was weird because what happened, and, and that was obviously inappropriate because he was banished after that, and then they traded him because Deadman essentially quit that game. Like he he left to go to the locker room, and then obviously threw the the massage gun onto the floor. So he was total. That that was a weird one. He was totally out of line. You can't quit in the middle of a game. Uh, but they they love that type. Like, they really thrive on being uncomfortable and fighting with each other. They'll tell you they dig that kind of stuff. Yeah. I wonder what happens with – I mean, obviously, they couldn't move Kyle Lowry. That that deal will go down is obviously a bad deal. I'd love to see you guys get um, Fred Van Fleet in the offseason. I think he would help. Just, just a playmaker, a guy who can set the table and can shoot. I think the thing is, like – you have guys that can shoot and not do a lot else. And then you have guys that can do a lot of other things and sometimes are inconsistent shooting wise. So I, I'd like to find, if I was you, I'd, I'd want to find a more versatile point guard. Let's uh, let's get to some Super Bowl plays here before we let you get out of here, Trista. I mean, the last time I checked, I think we're talking Eagles giving one and a half uh, before we get to, to that, yeah. to the main bet. Uh, give me, give me some fun prop stuff that you're looking at. 
Oh, yeah. I have a, a lot of good stuff here. First and foremost, Dallas Goddard, uh, I took his reception number, uh, four and a half there. Um, even with Jalen Hurts not throwing the ball a ton, he's just still gotten the ball five times per game. You know, last two games, Jalen Hurts has only had, you know, less than 20 completions, and five of those completions go to Dallas Goddard, right? That's an absurd percentage for for a tight end. And tight ends for young young uh, quarterbacks in the playoffs, that's really their security blanket. So I liked him a lot. Uh, I'm all in on the Kenneth Gainwell train. I think it's a very public play. It's a very popular play. But Kenneth Gainwell, his number is only 19 and a half rushing yards. That's weird. He can get that on four carries. And he'll he'll get four, five, six carries. I think that's the case. I think Miles Sanders, over 15 and a half rushing yards in the first quarter. The question mark I have with, with Miles Sanders, full game, because the number is over 60 for the full game, is what if this thing gets out of hand? Or what if they want to run the ball with different running backs in the second half like they did last game and Miles Sanders' usage goes down? Now I get screwed over, even though he was a beast in the first half, and I looked on pace to hit the number, and now I end up and he ends up with 52 rushing yards. So I'm just going to take the first quarter, 15 and a half. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is it? Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco is an interesting one, too. Um, his number is 48 and a half. I don't think he gets that. Um, you've got Pat Mahomes with a bum ankle, right? And with that ankle, you have Jarek McKinnon in a lot more because Jarek McKinnon is a much better pass blocker. So the usage for Pacheco is just going to go down. Uh, under 48 and a half for him. Uh, and then I, I'm going to sprinkle this little touchdown parlay. And it's Kelsey to get a touchdown, Jalen Hurts to get a touchdown, and Boston Scott anytime touchdown. Uh, Boston Scott, two touchdowns in two games in the playoffs. They're using him in the red zone. I think he's a really interesting, sneaky bet. All three of those together is 20 to 1. Okay. Okay. I could throw down 10 bucks on that 20 to 1. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. Like a little nice $200 uh, payday for something that's a long shot. That's not horrible. Now, what about for the game? Uh, one and a half, Eagles. Uh, I think the Eagles win this game. I think the Eagles cover. What do you like? Yeah, see, I took uh, plus three Chiefs when it first opened. I have not played any new numbers. But what I would say is this, in terms of the current number, I just, I can't, I can't say to myself, if I'm going to look at, if this gets out of hand, if one of these two teams route, you know, beats up on the other, who is it? To me, it's the Eagles. To me, the Eagles could blow out the Chiefs. Uh, and that maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I'm me and you are sitting there on Fly Eagles, Fly Island, and all of a sudden, you know, we come out and the Chiefs end up making noise. But you see how Tom Brady and Tampa Bay came after Pat Mahomes, and he was very uncomfortable. He was seeing ghosts early. If Hassan Reddick can get to Pat Mahomes right away, I was talking to Jeff Schwartz about this. Then all of a sudden, Pat Mahomes is is seeing things that aren't there. He's moving back in the pocket. And now you're starting to have bad things happen to him. And they're having three and outs. And it could get ugly fast, which I, I do believe is possible. So I do like Hassan Reddick to get two sacks. That's another prop. But if I had to play this, I'd play Eagles Moneyline. And I would play Jalen Hurts MVP. I'm the only one on my show that feels this way because everyone's afraid to, everyone's afraid to go against Pat Mahomes. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Finally here, uh, I, I got to fit this in real quick. What about 
Super Bowl halftime, Rihanna's first song on stage, Trista, bitch better have my money, plus 165. Well, see, it was that much, that, that moved. That moved from plus 1200. I've been, I've been singing the praises of bitch better have my money. <laughs> and it, the line is moving as a result. I think that's her best song. Like her song, Bitch Better Have My Money, is a a real clap. I said this on Twitter, but more to the extent of, does anybody feel weird that Beyonce would announce a tour in the middle of Rihanna and her shine and going to do the Super Bowl halftime show? Like that's, that's a weird level of strategy. That's NFL, NBA. That's NFL, NBA type beef right there. If I'm, if I'm Rihanna, I'm coming out with Bitch Better Have My Money and Pay Me What You Owe Me. And like her, the lyrics of that are so boss bitch energy, and the it, the beat bangs. I would have so much respect for Rihanna if she came out to that song. God, what's my wife gonna say when she asks me what what did you play for the Super Bowl today? And I go, I got bitch better have my money plus one sixty five. What's she gonna say to that? She's gonna say, yeah, pay me what you owe me. <laughs> Trista, excellent job. Tell everybody here on the way out how they can hear everything that you got going on. Uh, find me on wherever you get your podcasts, the heat check. That's my NBA podcasts, uh, comedy podcast. We do the show for BetMGM tonight as well. Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. Eastern. You can get that on the Odyssey app or you can find it in podcast form. It's also on Twitch. Uh, find me on social too, Trista underscore Crick on Twitter. If you're down for IG, it's the same handle and TikTok on this heat check. Really great job. Keep up the great work, Trista. I enjoyed this. Let's do it again sometime. Great job by Trista Crick. So you, you got some gambling options there. Uh, look, it's all leading up to the game on Sunday, all right? I don't feel like the game has a ton of juice to it right now, but like I told you, it's it, it's like the dessert. I got a lot planned this weekend. We got games. I don't know what movies we're going to mix in. I know my wife and I, we're going out on Saturday night. That's going to be good. I mean, come on, maybe it ends with some magic in the Zaslow Mansion master bedroom. I can't predict the future. But then on Sunday, we finish things off with the Super Bowl. There you have it. Hey, before we continue on here again, thanks to Trista Crick. Before we continue on here, guys, I've been telling you about Doctors on Call 365 for a while now. And that's because this is one of my favorite services, right? If you're not feeling well, you call your doctor and then they tell you, all right, I know you have a fever right now, but we could see you in about three weeks. We don't have any openings until then. No. What if I told you you can be seen by a doctor immediately and they will come to the comfort of your own home? Is that something you'd be interested in? Doctors on Call 365, South Florida's urgent care that comes to you treating children, adults, the elderly, minor illnesses, minor injuries, IV fluids, vitamin therapy. You could have blood drawn tests for COVID, flu, strep. Dr. Alon was at my house earlier this week. I called at 8 p.m. My son, we thought he had an ear infection. It was true, and we knew that because an hour later at 9 p.m., he came over to the house, prescribed some amoxicillin. We're good to go. He was better in a couple of days. Doctors on Call 365 is serving all of Broward County, all of Miami-Dade County, Southern Palm Beach as well. It's self-pay right now. You got Medicare acceptance, 
You got private insurance. That's coming down the line, but you're going to pay less with Doctors on Call 365 to come to your home, your office, wherever you are, than you would pay out of pocket with your copay if you went to the ER or to your local urgent care. Doctors on Call 365.com, 786-577-9302. You will get someone on the phone immediately. 786-577-9302. All right, so... We did Zach Thomas, Hall of Fame. We did Panthers. They've won three in a row. The Heat get an F at the NBA trade deadline. We spoke to our new friend, Trista Crick. We're going to have our pal, Joey Levin. He's my co-host for It's Still Real to Me. He's going to come up in a little bit here, and we're going to do a little UFC with him and talk about what can we expect with the UFC 287 being announced to come here to Miami. But before we get to that, I mean, we're, we're, we're way into a Friday show here. And you're saying to yourself, I'm sorry, you're saying to yourself, Zaslow, I gotta know. Is it a big game? Or is it not a big game? Yes, that's right. Big game or not a big game, it's Friday. You know how we do it. There's so much happening this weekend, you don't know where you're gonna go with your time. Well, that's what I'm here to tell you. Big game or not a big game, let's start things off tonight. 8 p.m., Houston Rockets at your Miami Heat. Bally Sports Sun. Your pals are Eric Reed and John Crotty. Eric Reed, the Heat television voice, not the former midday host on 7-9 Ticket. I don't know what he's up to. But tonight, the Heat take on a really bad Houston Rockets team who seemed like they were headed in the right direction earlier in the season. They're a total dumpster fire now. The Heat, though, they're playing some of their best basketball of the year. Bam Adebayo, he has clearly taken another step. And we're just trying to climb in this Eastern Conference. You know, Brooklyn, they won last night after the Kevin Durant trade. But I think you got an opportunity here to jump Brooklyn. I don't think Brooklyn's going to fall off too much. They're 11 games over 500. They're still going to make the playoffs. But Miami's got an opportunity, I think, here. If they stack together some wins to jump Brooklyn in the standings. Heat, Rockets, hopefully no Kyle Lowry again tonight. They're better off without him. They're much better with Gabe Vincent in the starting lineup. While Gabe Vincent is not necessarily this consistent threat in the starting lineup, at least like every other game, he'll give you a 17 like he did a couple nights ago. Lowry gives you nothing. He gives you a turd burger, and then you eat it, and your breath is stank the whole time. That's what Lowry gives you. Rockets at heat. That's a big game. Yeah, we're trying to climb the standards. I just told you. All right, next up. Saturday, 6 p.m., Bally Sports Florida, Colorado Avalanche at the Florida Panthers. The Panthers, I love them. I'm my favorite hockey team. They've won three in a row for the first time this year. The Avalanche, the defending cup champions, they finally started to get something going. I think they're 7-2-1 in their last 10 games. The Panthers, they find themselves one point back of second wild card, two points back of the first wild card. Need to keep stacking together these wins. Can they make it four in a row? It has happened before. They've done it before, but not this year. Avalanche at Panthers. That's a big game. That's right. The Panthers are rolling now, so that's a big game. Let's keep it moving here. Saturday night, 7 p.m. Bally Sports Sun. Miami Heat at Orlando Magic. That's right. The Heat Well, they have won tonight and then look to make it back-to-back. It's the second I have a back-to-back. The Orlando Magic are 10 games under 500. 
but they're playing very good basketball. They're making a push, believe it or not, for one of the play-in spots. The Magic are heading in the right direction. Paolo Boncaro, uh, Franz Wagner. This Magic team, I like what they're putting together. This is not a cakewalk game for the Heat tomorrow. You better be ready for this. Who knows who's going to sit? You got to sit, guys. Second, I have a back-to-back. It's a pandemic in this NBA. Or I should say an epidemic in this NBA. Heat at Magic tomorrow night. That's a big game. Back-to-back big games for the Heat. All right. Also Saturday night, 7 p.m., ACC Network, Louisville men's basketball at the number 19-ranked team in the land, your Miami Hurricanes men's basketball team. That's right. The Canes coming off a thrashing earlier in the week over Duke at Watsco Center. Now they host Louisville tomorrow night. The Canes, they're creeping up on number one in the ACC. Just a half game back. You got a three-way tie for first place in the ACC. All 10-3, and three, Clemson, Pittsburgh, and number eight, Virginia. The Canes, of course, they have the tie break over both Clemson and Virginia. I'm not sure about Pittsburgh off the top of my head. But the Canes are 10-4, and four, a half game back. Louisville, they're the worst team in the ACC. 1-12. So come on, you got to roll through Louisville tomorrow night. I'm going, not a big game. The Canes should smash them. So that's not a big game. Do what you're supposed to do. And finally, I got one more for you here. You don't know what's coming, all right? Sunday, 6.30, Fox. Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson on the call. The Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are a one-and-a-half point favorite. You got the Andy Reid Bowl. You got the Kelsey Brothers Bowl. I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles to cover. I think they're going to win this game. Mahomes is clearly not 100%. I think the Eagles are too good. They've been the best team in football, you know, record-wise, pretty much the entire season. I I think Andy Reid loses against his former team. Major story. Chiefs and Andy Reid would fall to 1-3. Now, you know, we we talked to Evan Cohen the other day. If this is a must-win game, we felt it was more of a must-win for the Chiefs. I think the Eagles win this game. Super Bowl, Chiefs versus Eagles. That's a big game. You didn't know where I was going with that one. That's a big game. And that right there is another addition. The final one involving football this season. A big game or not a big game. Yes. All right. Now, if you don't know, now you know. Now you know what's going on. If you're looking for a place, though, to watch the Super Bowl, you know, you got to figure out, I want somewhere nice. I want somewhere where I can get good drinks. I want somewhere where I can get good food. Everything I just mentioned is Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach, you know that's my spot to watch all the games. If you want live music, every single day at Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. Tonight, matter of fact, you got live music beginning at 6, excuse me, at 4 p.m. And then you got another group out there at 9 p.m. So you got like a twin bill going on tonight at Briny Irish Pub Pompano Beach. World's greatest upscale dive bar. The Briny Hour, that's happy hour, starts at 4 p.m. That's when the live music gets going tonight on a Friday. You got mahi taco specials. You got fish and chip specials. Barbecue rib specials. How about an assortment of great local craft beer on tap? 
world's greatest upscale dive bar, Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. Take Atlantic Boulevard all the way to the Atlantic, but don't park in the ocean. Park behind the Briny because they will validate your tag. Free parking if you park behind the Briny. World's greatest upscale dive bar. That's my spot. Briny Irish Pub, Pompano Beach. So you know our pal is Joey Levin. He is my co-host on It's Still Real to Me. Every Saturday, we recap all the big happenings in the world of pro wrestling. Very big week, actually, in the world of pro wrestling. We'll get to all of that on Saturday. But, I mean, Monday night, you had Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman. uh, A a great, great promo helping set up WrestleMania, which is still a ways away. When A Tuesday night, I caught a lot of NXT, and I specifically caught NXT because I can't take my eyes off Toxic Attraction. And Amazing. And that, and they came through in a very big way. So I love those girls. So I even watched NXT for quite a bit on Tuesday night. But we'll, we'll get to all that stuff coming up tomorrow, okay? It's still real to me right here, Zaslow Show 2.0. Joey, good to have you here with us on, on a Friday instead of, you know, doing the whole show tomorrow. But what I do want to get you on here is, and this news came out last weekend, UFC is coming back here. Is it 287? UFC 287, first time in 20 years. So UFC 287 is going to be at Miami-Dade Arena. Now, has a UFC pay-per-view card ever been down here? Because they've had fight nights, which have been like on FX and Fuel TV, I think it was that one. So UFC 42 was the last time it was in Miami, 2003. Wow. Do you know yes. what the what the what the main event was? The main event was Matt Hughes versus Sean Shirk. So okay. I can tell you right now, without even getting into the card, this card is gonna be much better than that card was. This card is gonna be an absolute banger. Now look, so the main event, it's Israel Adesanya getting his rematch, right? Yes. Now and, and that's a monster. Depend- yes, and now depending on who you talk to, this could either be considered Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pajeta <laughs> four or two. Because in the UFC, it's the second time they've fought. But for those of you who are UFC fans, you probably know the backstory that they also fought twice in kickboxing. And Izzy lost both of those to Alex as well. So this you is know, actually I should, the fourth time they've fought professionally. I should mention here, while Joey Levin is, is my co-host for It's Still Real to Me, Pro Wrestling, jo- Joey is our go-to when it comes to mixed martial arts, which we we... I mean, we have never touched on on It's Still Real to Me, but I felt like it was worth getting into some of this some of this here on Zaslow Show 2.0 because I've always wanted to go to a big pay-per-view UFC card. I went to one of those UFC fight nights. I think it was on Fuel TV. It was like a Way Friday back. night. Yeah. It was at FLA Live Arena. This is probably 15 years ago. And it had to be more. I, I'm telling you, the last thing was 2003. Well, it was definitely once I was definitely out of college. So I feel like it was around like 07 ish. So something like maybe like 16 or 17 years ago. And the card sucked. And the main event was lightweights. And then Dana White pulls the move. I don't know when we're going to be back because the support, you know, wasn't really there. And it's like, all right, but in order to get the support, you got to give us a decent card. And, And the card was not good. So anyway. You got Israel Adesanya, who's going to be in the main event, and they're putting Masvidal in the co-main event. Like, Mm. it's going to be a crazy crowd. Yeah, this is – so, yeah, and and the interesting thing here is I I know it's going to be at Miami-Dade Arena, formerly AAA, formerly FTX, whatever, but with Masvidal on the card, 
they wouldn't do this because I don't believe they've ever done a stadium show, but Masvidal in Miami could probably fill a stadium. And I know that seems like a stretch, but... Like they could have done Marlins Park? I think so. I mean, I know that it seems wild, right? Because it it takes a lot to fill that out. But I just think Masvidal's... First of all, Masvidal is a star on a on a level that most guys in the UFC aren't. And, and, and that's just because of his personality. He had the BMF title fight against Nate Diaz, where The Rock put the belt around. I mean, he headlined Madison Square Garden for a belt that didn't even exist, that they created for the fight. And he's a legend down here. He He's one of those guys that people just know came up down here fighting in backyards. I mean, what a full, what a story. You know, we talk about storylines. That's what we talk about on It's Still Real to Me. Talk about it. Think about a storyline like that. This guy came up fighting in backyards on VHS tapes. Now he's co-main eventing the first event in about 20 years uh, for the UFC in Miami in his backyard. It's going to be in. I mean, I, I don't know when the tickets go on sale. Yeah, the last you I go, checked, you got you got to get them quick because yeah, they're going to go quick. Yeah, the last I checked, it's not on Ticketmaster yet. I'm really interested in what the prices are because I know the UFC shows like in Vegas, the prices are outrageous. So I'm wondering, all right, is that the price everywhere? Or when they're outside of Vegas, will it be a little bit cheaper? And so I'm really curious because I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to take my son. I feel like it's an event. That it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of event. We've never had this kind of show, like you said, in 20 years. And then there's also the factor of, all right, well, you know, where do you sit? Because it ain't that easy to see through the octagon into the cage. Right. Yeah, it's tough. I went to a, I actually went to a, uh, a small uh, local uh, promotion down here recently at Gulfstream Park called Titan FC. And I was sitting basically cage side. And, you, you know, it's fun because you want to be close. You want to see the action. But if you're not at the perfect cage side spot, you're going to, you're going to get the ring posts and, it, and then you're going to miss a substantial portion of a fight. You may want to sit like first row upper deck. I don't know. Yeah. I think, or like middle of a lower deck is probably fine because you'll be elevated enough to see over the, over the octagon, I think. But yeah, if you're on the floor, but you're like 10 rows back on the floor, 15 rows back, it's probably going to be really tough because of how elevated the octagon also is. All right. But this, this is a major deal. Like when they announced it the other day, 287, I'm like, Whoa. So this, this is exciting. Yeah, I mean, like, look, this card from they, they've already. By the way, they've already announced six fights for this card, and every single fight is has some. It, obviously, the storyline with with Pereira and and Israel Adesanya is amazing, right? Israel Adesanya, middleweight champion, undefeated in the UFC. Uh, he he's a he was a he's a budding star. This is a guy that the promotions look was looking and probably may could still be looking to, you know, have him put the promotion on their back. He's one of the most marketable stars they have. Alex Perez only had like six or seven professional fights, but because their history gets skyrocketed into that, into that spot. And for five rounds, basically Adesanya is, you know, putting work in on Pajera and Pajera finishes him. And will Adesanya be the favorite? Uh, I think he will be because he has, even in their kickboxing matches, if you go back and watch those Adesanya, was beating him in a lot of the rounds that they've cumulatively fought, but there's just something about Alex that he just can't get past him. He's like stuck and Alex gets those finishes. He knocked him out in kickboxing. He finished him up against the cage uh, in their fight in the UFC. It's a fascinating fight. And then Masvidal. Masvidal's going to be a big underdog, right? 
Masvidal will be, a, I think, a huge underdog. Now they may set the may they maybe they'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's at home. But it, but if we're being honest, like I don't want to uh, get Miami, South Florida Masvidal fans uh, not excited because it's exciting that he's going to be here. But he's fighting against Gilbert Burns, who is a perennial top five guy who's only really lost to top guys. Kamaru Usman. He went three rounds last year with Hamzat Shemaev, who's basically a 185er who was fighting at 170 and is the boogeyman that no one really wants to fight. Burns went five rounds with that guy. Burns last fight against Neil Magny, who really doesn't get finished. He finished him in the first round and it was convincing. So this is going to be a tough fight for Masvidal, but it's exciting. Masvidal, not to mention Masvidal's got a lot going on in his personal life. He still has a lawsuit going on with Colby Covington for punching Colby Covington in the face outside of a restaurant in Miami. He just left his management. He has a lawsuit going on apparently with his management, his former managers. So Masvidal's got a lot going on in his life, but he seems like he's focused and He's got to be pumped. I mean, that home crowd thing is, it, 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 I think it can be a big deal. Now, UFC 284 tomorrow night. Should I be keeping an eye on this? Yeah, absolutely. And, it, it, and you know, Dana White will disagree with me when I say that this hasn't been promoted correctly. But let's just be honest, man. Uh, with the news that's come out over the last week with Conor McGregor, which we'll talk about, and, you know, with with my UFC Miami for the first time, they're promoting this stupid slap boxing thing that, oh. that, that, that or slap fight league, whatever it is. They've had so much going on with two weeks ago, the return of John Jones coming up, arguably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. This weekend's fight has kind of gone under the radar and it's Alexander Volkanovsky, 25 and one pound for pound, number one on the UFC's pound for pound rankings, featherweight champion. Moving up to fight Islam Mahachev, the lightweight champion, pound per round number two in Australia, Alexander Volkanovsky's home city in Perth at at home for Alexander Volkanovsky. This fight is, I mean, this in the next three months, we got, you got John Jones coming back. Yeah, Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman part two in London, Leon Edwards at home in London for the rematch. You got... Pehera and Izzy, you got Masvidal in Miami. This fight, you got Saturday, WrestleMania. You got WrestleMania. I mean, <laughs> you got eliminate Sami Zayn at home in in Montreal in the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> this fight, pound for pound, no, you know, no pun intended. This fight tomorrow may be the best fight of the year, and we're only in February. I mean, this is a remarkable and and the theater behind it too. Volkanovski, who is considerably shorter than Makhachev, uh is going up a weight class to 155. Mahachev notably is the protege, so to speak, of Habib Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov, however you say it, uh, uh, who is arguably the greatest lightweight champion of all time, retired undefeated. Um, Habib has stepped back as his head coach. Habib will not be there. So that's a storyline for Islam. And everyone's making a big deal about how much bigger Islam is. But keep in mind, Alexander Volkanovsky started his career as an amateur at middleweight, 185 pounds. They're fighting at 155. He's fought at welterweight, 170. He's fought at, and he, he fights now, 145. Before he was in the UFC, Volk was a professional rugby player. He weighed 214 pounds. This is a strong, compact little dude. He's only 5'6". But I think the line, which you'll see, is heavily in favor of Makhachev, is maybe a little inflated because of the size, because Volk's going up. Volk's at home. Makachev doesn't have Habib in his corner. Volk is strong. He's fought big guys before. I think Volk's going to shock the world. I think a lot of people are counting him out already because of the size difference. 
I think Alexander Volkanovsky win, but I think it's going to be an incredible fight. It's incredible. Now, we found out last week also that Conor McGregor is back, and he's going to be coaching. Again, he's going to coach one of the ultimate fighter teams. Was this yeah. a shock? Did we know that this was coming? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I knew. I don't think it would, I think it was out there. I think people thought, you know, this would be a good way to bring Connor back. And if you listen to his team, if you listen to his coaches, they've said for a while that no matter what brings him back, it's got to be something where he's even said he needs to be fully immersed, right? Because uh, the guy's worth $500 million. So why does he, and he hasn't fought since, uh, I want to say July of 2021 when he snapped his ankle in the octagon against mm. Dustin Poirier. He's yeah, not yeah. fought it since then. Why does a guy worth $500 million want to fight? Well, he's got to have a reason. And coaching, this is going to be on ESPN linear. So not just ESPN Plus, is going to be on actual ESPN. So he gets a spotlight. He's fully immersed in training. And he's going to end up fighting against a guy, Michael Chandler, who is only two and three since he came into the UFC, but only puts on absolute fight of the night, violent, bloody banger type fights. Um, Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise that it was Chandler, I think. But you know what? It's great for the sport. UFC needs stars as good as they're doing. They just they need Connor. Just it's a different level. There's Connor and there's everyone else in the history of the sport. Uh, You hear that name. And it just, it makes everything more exciting. It's going to be really fun. I, the ultimate fighter deserves a lot of credit for the popularity of what the UFC became, but the last ultimate fighter stunk. Uh, I I used to love watching ultimate fighter. I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. And it was gone for a long time and they just recently brought it back either last, the last season, or maybe it's been back for two seasons. But again, that just shows, you know, how it's been. It's only been on ESPN plus it's so it's only been streaming and it just wasn't super compelling. And you know what? To be honest, the fights, the fight aspect of this isn't even that compelling when you consider that they now have Dana White's contender series, you know, for eight weeks a year where these these young guys who would normally be in the tough house, mm. they just get to fight for a contract. So you could watch a whole season of reality TV or you could just watch these guys fight on, fight on Tuesday night. But now you bring in the added Connor element and he's much must see TV. And that'll be good for the for not only for the the pro the the property of Ultimate Fighter, but whoever wins, you know, now this person is going to have millions and millions of eyeballs on them, and it's going to jumpstart their career in a crazy way. And I've and I don't claim to be an insider. I'm very actually new. Go on to being big into this sport, but from someone I spoke to today, my understanding is this will be a redemption season where it won't just be young guys looking for their shot. It'll be some former UFC fighters looking oh, for a second chance. okay. Which is a different... I don't know if they've done that before, because I don't remember every season. Will they announce that in advance, or will we watch the premiere like, oh, I know that guy? Um, I got to think that's going to be something that they'll announce in advance. I, I don't see... Because it's 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 they're going to start taping it, I think, like next week. Okay. It, it, it starts taping very soon. So we'll find and, out. Yeah, and whether you whether they intend to or not, stuff's going to get out. Now, I know this. It won't come from the fighters because those guys get their phones taken from them at the door. Uh, they, they're they not – it's like re- reality TV stuff. They're not – they don't have access. I mean, I'm sure they let them talk to their family. You know, you always see they let them get, like, calls into their family and whatnot. But it's not like they're out there just on their phones communicating with the outside world. These guys are in it. They'll be in the house getting coached up. And, yeah, it's going to be really fun to have Connor back. I mean, these next few months for the UFC – 
even if you're not a huge UFC fan, if you just if you're a wrestling fan, if you listen to it's still real to me and, you, and you're just into storylines, this is one of the best stretches of the UFC that we're going to have. It's been in a long time. Just when you consider this Saturday, then you got John Jones coming back. Then you got UFC in Miami. You got um, Leon Edwards in London. London crowds are insane. And now they have the welterweight champion of the world coming to defend. And then you're going to get all, you're going to get this whole Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, ultimate fighter capped by a pay-per-view headlined by Conor McGregor. It's never been a better time to get into UFC or be a UFC fan. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I also like how whenever these tickets go on sale for UFC 287 here in Miami, I like that it's, I mean, it, it it's April 8th, I think it is. So it's less than two months away. I like how we'll buy the tickets and the show's right around the corner. I hate paying a ton of money for a concert and the concert's in 11 months. That makes yeah. me nuts. I want to buy tickets for the show and I want to go really soon. So Yeah, I, th- I, I, you know, I thought, I was thinking when they got announced that it was going to be in, in, in May, but I forgot next month there's two pay-per-views oh, so you, you got go. yeah you got April. march march 4th is the return of john jones and march 18th march 18th is ufc london leon edwards kamaru usman too so now you get april 8th you get it in miami by the way you know you got the two those two fights you have raul rosas jr 18 years old fighting on that card 18 he's one and oh he he got a finish in his first ufc fight that's insane he's a high schooler fighting professionally and then you got rob font versus Adrian Yanez, number six and number 13 in the Bantamweight division, which for me is the best division in the sport right now. That's going to be a war. And then Joe Pfeiffer for for uh, UFC fans who are hardcore and watch Dana White's contender series, B. Joe Pfeiffer became sort of a running joke because after Joe Pfeiffer knocked a guy out on contender series, Dana White said, if you want to get into the UFC, B. Joe Pfeiffer. And then he just walked off. So... The card, only six fights have been announced so far, and it's stacked. I mean, UFC Miami is going to be, 287 in Miami is going to be, it's going to be awesome. All right. there, you, Joey, you said it all, man. I am totally up to speed now on everything UFC related. There you go. We'll talk to you tomorrow with a full episode of It's Still Real to Me, all right? All right. Thanks, guys. Let's do big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We wrap up every show, including Fridays. Let's start things off. You had the... NFL honors last night and that means that we found out that this year's league MVP Patrick Mahomes he wins the award for the second time in six seasons that's a big deal it's such a big deal because he got 48 out of 51st place votes I thought Jalen Hurts to me was the MVP I can't believe I mean there was a time where we thought Tua Tagovailoa had a legit chance to win the award and Patrick Mahomes gets 48 out of 50 First place votes. He's the MVP. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. This Sunday, you know, we're all into the Super Bowl commercials. And what's been like somewhat of a new thing, although it's been a thing for like a few years or whatever, the big movie trailers get released during the Super Bowl. And the big movie trailer that I'm looking forward to this weekend is for the Flash. That's right. The new DC movie, The Flash, starring Ezra Miller. He's, he seems like a loser. He's constantly getting into trouble. Uh, domestic situations, huge loser. But nonetheless, we're excited about this movie, The Flash, because it deals with time travel. And you know I'm super into time travel. This is a big deal because Michael Keaton's Batman 
is apparently in this movie. There's going to be multiple Batman. Michael Keaton is coming back, reprising his role as Bruce Wayne Batman in this movie, and we may get a glimpse of that this Sunday. I'm very excited about that. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? LeBron James. Hey, he didn't play yesterday. He's got to rest. You know you got to rest if you're an NBA uh, But before the game, you know, he gave on behalf nice of speech. myself, but this is literally about this crew right here. This is my starting five right here. You know, my two boys, Bronny Bryce, my daughter, Zuri, my mom, Gloria, my wife, Savannah. Like, this is my starting five. And I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do on a day-to-day basis. I wouldn't be out. I wouldn't be able to come on this court and showcase my talent to you guys every single night if I didn't have the support and I didn't have the commitment from my family that allowed me to do the things that I do. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be standing up here. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be able to inspire so many people all over the world. I wouldn't be able to inspire the Laker faithful. I wouldn't be able to inspire nobody if I didn't have the sacrifices and the commitment for my starting five right here. So please give them a round of applause, please. I'm going big deal. That's a good job at LeBron. He's got a great looking family. You got the mother there. You got the wife. You got the three three kids. He spoke very well. I'm going, I'm going big deal. Good job out of LeBron there. Big deal or not a big deal. Brett Favre, now known piece of shit because he stole money, uh, allegedly, from uh, poor people in Mississippi. Well, Brett Favre is suing Shannon Sharp for things he said about him on Undisputed on FS1, and he is suing Pat McAfee for things that he said about him on the Pat McAfee show. I'm going not a big deal. Very difficult to prove slander. Uh, it also looks like Brett Barb did the thing that they're saying that he did. So, I mean, it's a flashy headline that he's suing Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee, but I'm going not a big deal. I don't think there's anything to this. And finally, one more. Big deal or not a big deal. Last night, NBA on TV. The West is so good get now. some reaction. You're going to need crew, a good bitch. You can't go to war Clark. with just KD... Booker and Aiden because the West is so loaded. If they play the Clippers, the Lakers now, haven't even mentioned Memphis, your bench is going to be really, really important. So the buyout market, like Chris says, they're going to have, and they're going to have to get some big bodies. You just mentioned campaign. He's a little guy. TJ Warren's a smaller guy. He's about 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, there. But I'm talking about after that. They gave up a lot. So I think the buyout market, I'm going to be watching that for my sons. Our starting unit, we're good to go. But to to win three series just to get to the finals, your bench is going to be huge. So there you go. You get Charles Barkley. And here's the thing, okay? I don't necessarily agree with what Barkley is saying there. You got, like, yeah, it's great to have a good bench, but if the Suns win the championship, no one's going to be then saying, oh, man, amazing bench. That's how they were able to overcome and win the whole thing. No, they're going to say, because Devin Booker did this, because Kevin Durant did this, because DeAndre did this, because Chris Paul did this. Bench is great. 
stars win you championships. So I, I, I'm, I'm going not a big deal. I don't agree with Barkley's analysis in that spot. And that right there is a Friday edition. A big deal or not a big deal. Yes. Excellent job today by everyone. Excellent show. Thanks a lot to everybody involved in putting it together. You all did terrific work today. Make sure you're listening to It's Still Real to Me tomorrow. We'll have a new episode recapping all the big stories in pro wrestling this week. That, of course, is under the Zazlo Show 2.0 banner. And, of course, make sure that you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff, and you tell all your friends about Zazlo Show 2.0 and all the places that you can listen to the program. We'll talk to you on Monday on Zazlo Show 2.0. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task, unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.